welcome to Cackle's Corner, the podcast where you can hear teachings by Marianne Halloran or Ellen Hogarty. Listen in now for this week's episode. We've been going over the rules for discernment from St. Ignatius of Loyola. These rules of discernment of spirits are in the spiritual exercises. And Ignatius is trying to teach us how to recognize consolation and desolation and what spirits are moving on us in those different states and what we can do about it. Because the point of learning about this is so that we can take action. We want to accept and receive what God is doing and reject quickly and firmly what the devil is doing. We're also drawing on the teachings of this priest, Father Timothy Gallagher, who writes very clearly and explains a lot about uh, St. Ignatius' rules. So a quick recap of uh, the teaching that I gave last time. We went over rule number nine, and that's when Ignatius gives us three main reasons why God, who loves us more than we love ourselves, why he allows us to go through times of desolation. Because if we can understand why God would even allow desolation, then it helps us to get through it easier. Everything God does is out of love for us. So rule number nine helps us to to see why he allows times of desolation. In rule 10, Ignatius is advising us to store up strength when we're in consolation, to figure out what we're going to do the next time desolation comes. If people in a hurricane area know that a hurricane is coming, then they fill their car with gas, they make sure they have extra food, canned food at home, batteries and flashlights ready. Ignatius says, desolation is going to come. Because remember, the spiritual life is like a roller coaster. Times of consolation and times of desolation. When you're in consolation, store up that good strength and then have a good plan for what you're going to do when desolation comes. Tonight we're going to look at rules 11 and 12. In rule 11, Ignatius summarizes consolation and desolation. Rule 11 is like a snapshot of uh, what it means to live a mature Christian life. This is a goal that we should all aim for. Let's read the text of Rule 11. Let one who is consoled seek to humble and lower himself as much as he can, thinking of how little he is capable of in times of desolation without such grace or consolation. On the contrary, let one who is in desolation think that he can do much with God's sufficient grace to resist all his enemies, taking strength in his creator and Lord. To put it in succinct words, in consolation, we need to humble ourselves. And in desolation, we are trusting. Okay, so in times of consolation, we have a lot of joy. Prayer comes naturally. We feel close to God. We have contentment in our vocation in the call that God has put on our life. And Ignatius counsels us to be humble at those times, to lower ourselves. Why do you think he does that? Well, in consolation, the temptation is towards self-reliance. You know, it's a time when we're feeling pretty good. And it's easy to pray. It's easy to love people, to be patient, to smile at people. We feel our hearts are on, on fire for God. 
Now, think about when a little child is learning to walk. You know, we've all seen little babies start to walk, and they're shaky on their feet. Usually, one of the parents gives the, the child their finger to hang on to, or their hand. And as the baby gets better and stronger at walking, they, they feel pretty good, and they start to venture out, hanging on to their parent's finger. And you can see that at the prayer meeting, walking around at the different ages. That's a great time for that child because all of a sudden they have this freedom. They're walking around. But if the parent lets go and that child is just learning, they fall flat on their butt. And then depending on the personality of the baby, sometimes they can scream. So consolation is like when we're walking with the Lord's hand. It's pretty easy. It's a very gifted and grace time, and we start to feel pretty good. But if we're not humble, and if we think we got this, you know, I don't know why people have such a hard time praying. It's a piece of cake. I can spend hours in the chapel, and I, don't, I lose track of the time. It's so wonderful. And then we might start to look down on those that are struggling in there. So what does our loving father do? Takes away his hand a little bit. And we fall flat on our faces. So Ignatius says, in times of consolation, we should humble ourselves. Without humility, we set ourselves up for a big fall. Proverbs 16, 18 says this. Pride goes before disaster and a haughty spirit before a fall. St. Peter is a great example of this. I love St. Peter. He's so human. We're going to look at three examples of when right after a consolation in his life, he fell pretty hard. The first one we're going to look at is when Jesus is asking his disciples, who do you say that I am? This is in Matthew 16, 15 to 17. Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. That was a great consolation for Peter. He's, he got the right answer. He knew through the through grace of God that this was the Messiah, Jesus. Right after that, Jesus says, you are rock, and on this rock, I'm going to build my church. So you can see Peter's wheels start to turn. Wow, I got the right answer. None of these other guys did. And I am the rock. I mean, Jesus said, I'm the rock. So I'm going to be super important in whatever Jesus is doing. Now, only a few verses later, Peter's still flying high on that consolation, and he thinks he has inside knowledge, so he's going to correct Jesus here. Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you, the crucifixion. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Peter went from getting everything right to really making a big mistake. What happened? Well, Peter wasn't humble in consolation. He started to take credit for his right answer and for what Jesus had said God was going to do in his life and in his future. We're going to look at the transfiguration next. 
Jesus is there on the mountain. He's super white with light. Elijah and Moses are there talking to Jesus. And Peter, James, and John get to be there to witness this. That was a big consolation, pure gift that God gave them. They could see Jesus in his transfigured splendor. So what does Peter say? Lord, let me build three tents here so we can just camp out and and enjoy this awesome experience. Wrong. The vision fades, the lights go away, and Jesus says, okay, let's go down the hill and face the crucifixion. Then we've got Holy Thursday. Jesus is uh, celebrating the Last Supper with the disciples. He washes their feet. It's It's a consolation. And Peter, in his excitement, tells Jesus, though all may have their faith in you shaken, mine will never be shaken. That's in Matthew 26, 33. Is that a good, humble attitude? Is that pride coming before a fall? Though all these weaklings, if their faith is shaken, mine will never be shaken. And we know what happened to Peter didn't make it past the servant girl. Ignatius counsels us to have humility in times of consolation. We enjoy it when we're in it. We are grateful for consolation. It's a great gift from the Lord. And he, ne- he knows we need those times. But we also gently humble ourselves. Be aware that this is a gift. It's not coming from us. How do we do that? How do we humble ourselves? <laughs> We think about how the last desolation went for us. How did we do the last time? Did we make any changes? Remember rule five? Ignatius says, don't make any changes in desolation. Did we slack off on our prayer? Did we skip going to mass? Or not come to the prayer meeting? I don't feel like going to the prayer meeting. It's so boring. I don't feel God. I don't get anything out of it. So to humble ourselves in when things are going well, we just think back to a couple of desolations ago. How did we do? Remember, Ignatius says, Let one who is consoled th- seek to humble and lower himself as much as he can, thinking of how little he is capable of in times of desolation without such grace or consolation. So in consolation, we think of how little we are capable of without God's help. Ignatius doesn't end the rule there. He talks about desolation, too. And he almost gives us the exact opposite advice. In consolation, we're supposed to think of how little we are capable of. But in desolation, we're supposed to think of how how capable we are with the help of God. And let's see how capable Ignatius thinks we are. On the contrary, let one who is in desolation think that he can do much with God's sufficient grace to resist how many of his enemies? All of his enemies, taking strength in his creator and Lord. So in desolation is when we think, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't keep following God. It's too hard to serve him. I can't love these people in my life. I can't be faithful to my vocation. I can't, I can't, I can't. 
And Ignatius says, you can. You are capable of much in desolation with God's grace. So much so that you can resist all your enemies. Not just a few enemies. Not just a few temptations. God gives us the strength, if we accept it, to resist all our enemies. How do we do that? The last part, by taking strength in your Creator and Lord. This past Sunday, I was struck by the second reading because I was preparing this teaching, and I thought, that second reading, that's Rule 11. The second reading was from Philippians 4, uh, and I'll quote 12 and 13. Paul says, I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. That sounds like consolation and desolation. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of having plenty and of being in need. So what's the secret, St. Paul? Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that's a great um, resume of Rule 11 from the second reading. This talk number eight was a long teaching, so we're going to divide it into two parts. Next time we'll take up Rule 12. Thank you for listening. God bless you.